0: The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Carolinas GCSA or the show sponsors.
1: I'd love to know what the marketing meeting was where you guys put your heads together and said, hey, you know what we ought to do? Let's slum it up. Let's go talk to that redneck. You know, I think my kids push my hot buttons more than golf courses (laughs) do, so (laughs) at least my wife says that anyway.
2: Because the one minute that you think you've got it all figured out, (laughs) you're not even close. Something happens, even when the golf course looks its best, something happens, and it can be your fault or it can be out of your control.
0: You're listening to Pull and Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolina's Golf Course Superintendents Association, brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture, an innovative company that is dedicated to your success by pioneering new technologies to provide solutions for your challenges. Simplot Turf and Horticulture is a partner you can grow with and provides the latest products from all of the leading manufacturers. Simplot Turf and Horticulture, bringing Earth's resources to life. Now, here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger.
2: Hello and welcome into Pullin' Pull and Whee's December 1st edition slash episode.
1: 12, that would be.
2: It is, it's been 12th December. Yep. Hope y'all had a good Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, we did. Good.
1: Did you eat too much? I don't know, we really haven't gotten there yet, but it's fun to talk like it's after Thanksgiving.
2: <laughs> let's talk about today, where we are. Okay, let's talk about where we are today. We're at Liberty, South Carolina. Just
1: doing the opening for the show that we've already recorded. Like a month ago. Correct.
2: Just couldn't do it that day. Correct, and we had
1: some things on Twitter that have popped up since. Go ahead, get, get into that. Well, you mean like the preview that went out this morning? Yes. Okay, so I'd just like to put a few disclaimers out there for anyone listening. Um, there may or may not be some comments that were directed at two specific individuals later in the show that may or may not seem like they're stereotyping an entire industry. They're not. Um, I think you guys know, disclaimer sub-point A, that uh, I like to think that we take care of those things fairly well and represent the association. Um and are, you know, sub so point B, a big cheerleader fan for you guys. However, there were some things that came up, and it might have been taken the wrong way, and so, anyhow, all parties that have been included have been talked to, addressed. Um, the the pot-stirring fraternity brother that has now started his own new show, um, the... Uh, The guy who referenced the fact that maybe my dress shirt's buttons were a little bit stressed at conference and show this year, so who am I to talk? Um, As well as the guy from the middle of a hole framing himself because there was no hole at 6 a.m. when that photo was posted with the sun shining. But anyhow, we can all jump in a hole and take pictures, Mr. Robert. But all jokes aside... um, if I offend anyone for making a reference to sitting in a cart all day, it's not about you. It was about two people. So,
2: sorry for the rambling. Now that we've got our uh, clarifications out. Yeah, because you've seen, if I mean, if you're following us, you've seen one of the videos that we're talking about where we maybe reference a profile view of someone. If you want to go look at, on 1125 on our Twitter was a date that video was released. So, yeah. Sorry, guys. Not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I, I will say I... Got caught up in on that, too. You probably got it worse than I did. but I think the best part is the one who stirred the pot said,
1: I think that's why we put a disclaimer on the beginning of it, because it's the opinions <laughs> of the hosts and not the association. Right, right. So anyhow, um, we had a great conference and show. Do want to thank you guys for coming down, all of our listeners and um, all of our members. It was the most well-attended that we've had yet on paper. So Yep. I, I enjoyed meeting a bunch of people. It was a good time. I think it's been fun through Twitter to um, make some, some new friends, etc., and some folks that, you know, I, I mean, we meet people all, all the time down there at the show that are new, but that we've kind of gotten to know, I dare say,
2: online yep. via social media. Totally. Totally agree. So Is that the same way it was with Facebook for years? No, because Facebook, just like me and Kobe and Engel, okay, when I played with the Midlands Turfgrass Association, he and I were playing golf. It was Chuck Conley and I against him and Jim Young. Well, three holes into it, I said, "Hold on, are you Howard Colby?" Because I know him by his Twitter handle, and he goes, "Yeah," because I, I put Colby and Howard fertilizer together, and so then that made sense. And I didn't then, you know, we got a friendship, but there are certain people you know and don't know. Twitter handles are different, but Facebook is a your first and last name in your picture. You know. So you weren't friends with Colby on Facebook prior to that. No, we are now though. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting how one's led to the other. No, it was totally. It was just monitoring the Carolinas, Twitter, you know. Sure. And who I saw was interacting frequently. So what's our goals on our Twitter machine? Twenty five hundred by GIS for the weed. For the weed by GIS, that's be tight. We got work to do, man. We got people to get hats to. We're at twelve eighty eight right now. Let's get some new turf
1: celebrities around the country. If you're a turf celebrity out there listening and you want a free hat,
2: shoot us a DM. Now let's say somebody shoots you a DM and you. You term them not a turf celebrity. Yeah. How are you going to break that news to them? They'll get a free hat. Okay,
1: if you're a big enough turf celebrity in your own mind, to <laughs> DM Allen myself or the Pulling
2: Weed Show, you're getting a hat. Oh, that's good. That's good. So let's get to the education part before we go down to Charlie Spears.
1: Yeah, because I got to tell you, you know, what cracks me up is some of these like blue check people on the Twitter machine. Mm-hmm. How like, they get the that? The people check? they respond to are like. Like when you go look at the comments, it's like twelve followers, been on there since two thousand and twelve, <laughs> January, and you know, following four hundred and ninety-three. And you're like, Why are they responded to Joey Brown?
2: Right. That's
1: funny. Sorry, Joey Brown, if you're listening. I don't know if that was That's really just you a, another That's a disclaimer. fake name. It's another guy. Let's put a disclaimer out there. Right. Um Yeah. Sorry if I offend anyone on any of these shows. It's not my intention. We're here to educate our members as well as entertain them at the same time. Correct. And I do have a bit of a brash, smart rear personality occasionally.
2: There's a sense of humor. Yeah,
1: maybe that's what I should put on my Twitter handle.
2: All right. You're to... co slash with a sense of humor. Are you not going to change your profile pic per Turf Beard request? Have you not looked at my profile pic? I did. I've been watching it for days. You ain't changed it. How's that in English? You ain't changed it. I'm glad we're doing this live and in person. I'm not even touching my phone. Yep, same one. Okay, you didn't make it your profile pic. You made it your header.
1: Well, I mean, how are you going to fit that big old square picture in a circle?
2: (laughs) I mean, I haven't been really good at the circle
1: and the round peg game and all that since I was a child, but I mean. (laughs) Well, I am proud of you. He
2: did do it. I give him some credit there. I did it like the next day. I got you. I got you. I've been looking. And well, I've waiting. been waiting for the beard to give me a big thank you. I haven't seen that. Well, he texted me yesterday morning and said, I need that picture of you, of that picture you have. And so oh. I sent it to him, and I figured he was going to give you some grief about it. He's going to put it on a t-shirt for us? That'd be cool. That'd be real cool. All right, education.
1: Okay, I've sent him two t-shirts. I haven't gotten any from him.
2: No, let's talk about the Carolina oh. GCSA. And again, Tim doesn't know. I'm looking at a list here. He has no idea what I'm going to throw out. Throw it out, I can take care of anything on that page. That's what I'm wondering. This one only has one sentence behind it. Can you name it? I mean, there's probably a number of them that only have one sentence. Nope, the only one. Website? E- Email alerts.
1: Um. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just another benefit of being a member. There are certain things throughout the year. They're either, we could start, um, I dare say, from the top. With GCSA action alerts, for instance, H2B issues, things of that nature. Um, We try not to flood our membership with a ton of emails. We try and make them like high priority red flag type things, so that when you do get one, you open it. We don't want to get to the point where you're getting something every week and you're not knowing what you need to read. Yeah. So that's why we call them alerts because we want them to alert you to some information. Um, That's how we segregated the ERS from that recently, and now we will send those out as well periodically uh, regarding any let's say, regulatory actions that need to be taken within the state regarding legislative or tax issues or anything along those lines. We'll also use it for rounds for research alerts. We'll use it for meeting alerts and um, conference and show, obviously, so that you know when the
2: deadlines are approaching so that you know when to pay your bill by. There you go. So there's the benefit of email. Man, that was a lot longer than a sentence. Sorry, folks. Yeah, we need to put that on the website. Oh, yeah. We're going to update that soon. Good. Hope you do. I hope I get the hand in it. I hope you get two feet, two hands, and a <laughs> neck up in that thing here pretty soon. Tell
1: everybody who we're interviewing today. Charlie Spears at Cherokee Plantation. Yep. Not any other Cherokee, but the one in Yamasee, South Carolina. There's a lot of Cherokees. Pretty this f- is the one with
2: 18 to 20 members.
1: How many did he say? 22.
2: 22. Yeah. And there's two members who are looking to sell their membership if anybody's interested. Yeah, call, call or DM Charlie.
0: <laughs> He's on the machine. All right, let's go interview Charlie. Simplot Turf and Horticulture is one of the leading turf and ornamental distributors in the United States. We share your passion for these markets and to your success. While our roots in this industry started in the western United States, we are dedicated to bringing that same high level of customer service and product quality to you as we have demonstrated out west. Our mission is to provide you, our valued customer, with a level of trust, service, and support that is unequaled in this industry. Simplot Turf and Horticulture, bringing Earth's resources to life. All right, we're here at the Hunting Lodge
2: at Cherokee Plantation with our man, Charlie Spears. Charlie Spears,
3: who I just met,
2: but he's already my man. Good fella. Yep.
3: We're going to have a bromance going already? We
2: can. I need your number. Okay. Yep. I got a hat, so you're locked in.
3: All right. We want to
2: just (laughs) cover the golf ask publicly now so you don't have to text for it? No, I was going to
3: text later.
1: Well, I did yesterday and said I did send a special request for a follow-up visit at some point in time so you could play the golf course. Yeah, I'd like to evaluate it.
3: I think we can set that up.
1: I think the best part of the story is we can always go back to Alan's first visit to Cherokee. What did you get to do?
2: Shoot a crossbow. I did. That was cool, and I hit the target. I was proud of that. That was awesome.
3: That was pretty amazing for the first time.
2: Huntmaster watched me. I was nervous.
3: Huntmaster. Huntmaster
1: yeah we got a lot to explain to people here today because we've done talked about crossbows and hunt
2: masters and we're here with a guy about golf yep so why don't you if you don't mind charlie welcome thanks for having us here and tell us about the place
3: yeah cherokee it's a uh, it's a neat piece of property Um, it's got a lot of history dates back to uh, 1710 the uh, original place was deeded to uh, the blake family back in 1710 it was a king's grant piece of property it was 15,000 acres. Uh, they farmed rice, indigo, cotton, that sort of stuff. The uh, Blake family held on to it up until the Great Depression, and they lost it during the Great Depression, changed hands uh, half a dozen times, and then our owners bought it in 98 and turned it into what it is now. They built the golf course, 98, 99, and uh, it was 3,500 acres when they originally purchased it. We've uh, since gone up to a little over 7,000 acres so it's uh, just a big playground for our members and their family. There's any hunting you can imagine. Uh, We still use the rice fields. We uh, plant them with corn and rice and flood it for the ducks. There's about 500 acres of impoundments, deer hunting, turkey, quail, hog, alligator, pretty much all the uh, hunting you want to do. We're here in the uh we call it the shooting lodge uh, we have a sporting clay course we're in the middle of some renovations now we're doing a five stand uh redoing our bow targets and all that sort of stuff
2: i did not mean to call it the hunting lodge i apologize that's okay uh, where does your membership come from are they
3: local we have one south carolina member um, but the rest of them are pretty much all over the uh, united states most of them up north a few of them out west uh, typically, they kind of come in on the weekend, spend a long weekend, maybe a week, and uh just enjoy the plantation to kind of get out of the busy city life um, golf hunting horseback riding uh food fishing that sort of stuff. How many members we are up to twenty two members now we uh will cap it out at twenty five members really yeah so,
1: so y'all y'all got to understand something that's twenty two that's correct. That's like 12 plus 10. That's not 2,200. Right. Yeah. 22 people.
2: But there's open space, so can, can I apply? Or do you have to be invited? You, you have
3: to be invited. Right, and then right. you have to be approved by all the members to
2: yeah. be a member. Yeah. That's cool.
1: I think it has to do with tax brackets, Alan. We may never get that invite. Yeah. But I will say that I bet we would played a place that some of the members haven't played here before. Maybe. 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 (laughs) Charlie needs to get over there sometime. He's from Augusta, so that's an important one. Have you not played in Augusta? No, I've not
3: played there. Uh, Born and raised there in Augusta. Grew up going to the Masters. My dad had tickets, so I've always gone out there and seen the property, but never played it. Maybe one day.
2: Maybe one day.
1: Well, let's make it a typical podcast and just bounce around all over the place. You good with that?
3: No, I want to
1: find out how long he's been here and how he got here. Oh, I was going to talk to him about growing up in Augusta. Can we get to that? Sure. All right, back to Cherokee. How long you been here? Been here 15 years. 15 years. 15 years. 15 and you're 28 years. now? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> over half his life, folks. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, where were you before? Um, I started out at the uh, River Golf Club in North Augusta. Um, I guess I started over, I would uh, went to ABAC, Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College down in Tifton like most eighteen-year-olds didn't really know what I wanted to do started out in uh, wildlife management and forestry did that for about a year you know just looking at the job market and and that side of the business there's not a lot of Cherokees in the southeast you know that you could be the hunt master of so I uh, was playing a lot of golf a buddy of mine from Augusta that I didn't know till lay back was uh, working at Augusta Country Club under Greg Burleson and uh, we were playing a lot of golf and said hey man you got to think about turf so I uh, switched over to turf went back um, a spring break they were building the River Golf Club over there on the Savannah River in North Augusta worked for a guy named Shane Schutte during that spring break went back and worked uh, that summer did internship in the fall and then went graduated went back there and worked uh, as a second assistant for about two and a half years Left there and went to Seabrook Island. Worked for Ashley Davis on uh, Crooked Oaks. Golf course for about a year. Ashley left, went to Long Cove. They hired uh, Sean Hardwick as the director of golf. He promoted me to uh, superintendent overall, 36. Did that for about a year. And uh, in 2004, came to Cherokee. Did
1: you get a phone call about coming here or did you just apply?
3: Um, Are we allowed to talk about that? No, yeah, we are. Uh, I heard the job was out there. They didn't publicize it, so I heard the job was out there, made a few phone calls to some people, and they uh, got me in touch with the right people to send a resume to, and I went from there.
2: That's that's
1: an amazing story because a place like this, like you said, I mean, 15 years you've been here. superintendent before you was Chris Johnson, right? That's correct. And he had he was here from grow in yeah, until you do. were here that's right so we're at two superintendents now for uh almost 21 year period now is yeah, that right
2: that's correct i want to know coming from a place in augusta do you get nervous or thinking at, a, at applying at a place like this or a, a nice facility i mean do you think there's no way i'll get that job or did you have an inside track and or just had a determination he was a headstrong uh, punk kid. What do you think? He knew he was getting
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it was
3: it's funny. Um, you know, I, I tell guys that people ask all the time, "Man, how'd you get this job? It's a great job." And and you know, I got it when I was 27. And back then, I used to tell everybody that I was just at the right place at the right time. And and I still think there's a lot to that. But also, uh, I think it was all the hard work, dedication. You know, meeting people and impressing the right people. So when a job did come up, I had uh, a few guys that I would worked for and a few I didn't know for that didn't work for but knew them that uh, vouched for me and said, yeah, this guy, can, this guy can do it. So now when people ask, I, I lean more to the other way. It was the hard work and dedication that I put into the business that impressed the right people that were willing to vouch for me to say I could do it at 27.
1: I think that touches on something Chris just mentioned on our last episode, Neff. Not only that's our second Ashley Davis reference, by the way, in his many podcasts I think, I think we got to go see Ashley at some point, um, especially after shooting a crossbow this morning. We might get him a little excited. But yeah. the hard work aspect and the paying your dues and putting your time in um, is very important in this business, especially in this day and age. Just because you have a turf degree doesn't mean that you're, quote-unquote, ready or that you've paid your dues or learned. Right. Made enough mistakes, I dare say, right? Yeah. So, um, pretty important message there, I think, that everybody needs to hear is that it was the hard work that went in. So, let me ask you, in those first couple of years then, Seabrook, River Club, etc., how involved were you outside the golf course in the profession? You said you obviously knew some people, so you had to do some networking in there?
3: Yeah, I, you know, I wasn't real involved with a lot of the association stuff, but I did when salesmen would come in and different people like that in the industry, I would try to meet them and um, make good contacts with them and you know at the time I didn't realize that I remember my dad telling me something he said uh, I was at the River Club wanted to be at a high-end private place and you know job do you ask about interviews Uh, we're getting interviews and not not getting the jobs I wanted and then getting some that I turned down Um, and he just kept saying hey you keep working hard and putting in the time and somebody will see it and want to hire you away from them or or, or the right doors are open and that you know 18 19 years old you know you don't really put a whole lot of stock in that and it it took a while but it did actually come true i think
1: and now he's going to tell you the same thing if he was still with us god rest his soul um that once you get to that place you continue your hard work and you continue that and people will notice it and they will take care of you and want to keep you that's right just as much as someone would want to steal you away and i hope that that's what you're getting a little bit of here
3: yeah absolutely love this place would would like to stay here forever as long as the members are happy and i keep uh keep holding up my end of the bargain i think uh they'll keep me around you know i would love to ask some other people at places I remember riding down our avenue this line with live oaks and the white fence and uh I always think about augusta um asked Billy fuller this he was consulting with us and Said, you know when I first started here riding down this avenue looking at these live oaks and the white fence and I used to go man I'm in heaven 15 years later you ride down the avenue and it's, it's just work again uh, do you get that same thing at Augusta riding down Magnolia Lane or something does it just come a, another job but I think as long as you keep all that in perspective and keep trying to improve every day it, you can stay where you want to for a while what did he say can you say he didn't really re- he didn't he didn't give me the answer I was I was looking for. Yeah. Um, he said, "Yeah, you know, you kind of do get used to it working right. in the same place." But all
1: right, so here's where I will share with those people who may have had the pleasure of being at both of these locations. We're talking about Augusta National Golf Club and Cherokee Plantation. And for those of you who haven't, here's the way I see that as I've run- I've gone down both of those lanes as an invited guest, if you will. Yep. The one in Augusta about 400 yards of trees you go from a guy i think knowing your first name at the gate who i didn't know from anyone to a clubhouse here it's four miles of that view and you get a lot more time to soak it in and if you catch it on the right day like i've been known to you can even run over a rattlesnake
2: with your truck (laughs) no so let's uh tim wanted to hit on augusta and I wanted to find out the difference between Augusta and here and how you've adjusted to life. So let's talk about life in Augusta growing up. It's hot. It is. Sorry.
3: It's just as hot here, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, I think it's hotter here, but I don't it know.
3: seems like a little more humidity here, but, yeah, definitely hot.
0: Yeah.
3: <clears throat> so I live in Walterboro, which is about uh, 15, 20 miles from here, from the plantation. And so I grew up in Augusta, then lived on Johns Island, just outside of Charleston, have everything you want to do in those two places. Moved to Walterboro and uh, definitely was a little culture shock to begin with. Right. Um, small town. Uh, we really like it though. Got a wife, two kids. Love the little town. Um, if you like to hunt, fish, play golf, that sort of stuff, being outdoors, it, it's great. You know. Now I go back to Augusta and Charleston and sit in traffic and yeah, you know, Charleston about lose about lose my mind. You know. Right. Uh, i don't go through a red light coming to work so yeah the rush hour here
2: is a little bit different than
3: That's we
1: right. just took where you and i picked back up where i lost you yeah. coming down here yeah if you would have taken a left into into walterboro he's yeah. three or four miles from right there so we took the same road he takes into work every day right this yeah. morning which is pretty sporty
3: yeah right. oh yeah so it definitely gives you a little time to unwind drive through the country roads right. and you know a lot of the stress of traffic and all of that sort of stuff we definitely don't
1: have well I don't know about you but I look at those as as unique opportunities to set the stage for a good day at work and to clear yourself to be a good father when you get home yeah because a lot of people who don't have that 20 to 30 minute decompression time or get ready time I dare say you're mixing a lot of work emotions and family emotions together um and it can make it really tough So, you know, he's got a good 20 minutes to call somebody like me and raise holy heck about what happened today and talk him off his ledge and he can go home and smile and hug the kids and vice versa because that's happened before with both of us.
3: Well,
2: good to hear, and I wanted to say that no place is perfect no matter what. What kind of challenges do you face here?
1: Ooh, can I throw one in real quick and then let you answer? Yeah. This is something he told us when we were down here. And it was the first time we came down, and I'll let you – We'll talk about that story, too, because everybody needs to hear the first time the Cherokee story. But um, look at that look. Dude. You ain't seen a smile like that all day. He's, like, just itching to tell this story now. Um, but, uh, oh, hell, I don't even remember. Oh, we were down here. And I said, how many rounds you play? 800. I meant a year, Charlie. That's what I told you. Right? And so I'm like, well, it can't be that bad then. You know, you ain't got but a couple hundred divots, you know, et cetera, whatever. And he said, well, think about it this way. They may only be down here one or two times a year, but they expect perfection right. when they're here. Yeah. So it's irrelevant if someone's here or not. The course has to be in pristine condition because of the expectations. That's what blew me away.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so our season runs uh, September through May. We're closed June, July, and August. Um, The golf course is just overseeded, so that's all they pretty much do is play on the ryegrass. And uh, what I stress to my crew and and everybody else is uh, 800 rounds doesn't seem like a lot, which it isn't, but the expectations they have. So what I kind of equate it to and what I try to instill in our guys, most clubs, the biggest event of the year is member guest. So what we try to do for every round, we have 800 member guests. Uh. a year is kind of the way we look at it you wow. know, we may have a guy that comes and plays one time when he leaves and doesn't come back till next year he thinks about Cherokee if the round wasn't good he's a man the golf course wasn't, wasn't that good why do I want to go back there so we, we try to create the experience for them that they want to come back there our members are members of the best clubs in the world and uh, they all still like to come back and play here
1: wow it's an impressive so, place Really. Yeah. it's got a great story, too. I mean, this is the one where, and I'm gonna screw it up, and you can tell us the story. But I think it was in '91 when Duvall and Ells came and played here for the great. Uh, no, no, not '91. It 99. would have been '01.
3: '99 90, or two? I think it was 2000. Opened in '99. I think they played in the spring of 2000.
1: So my version of the story was. They, they played the front nine. This is Shell's Wonderful World Golf. You remember they,
2: that? Oh, I do. And they played that here. Correct. I saw the Ernie. I looked at the Ernie thing in
1: your office. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And so what happened was, the way I remember the story, and you get to clean it up here, Charlie, was that they played the front nine. This was the Monday after the Masters, I yeah. believe. And they were both over par because of the setup of the golf course and refused to play the back nine. So they had to readjust the back nine, tees, locations really? et cetera, so they'd finish the 18.
3: Close? Yeah, I think so. You know, obviously I wasn't here then, but uh, the stories I've heard, uh, our greens are real undulating, but they're small greens, so there's a lot of movement, and the balls can run off the greens pretty easily. And uh, Ernie came back and and played here several times. He used to practice the week before Augusta here. And, uh, you know, I was talking to him one day, and they showed up the Monday after the Masters. I think Tiger won, and, and they finished second and third. So, uh, obviously, I think they were – in their defense, they were kind of spent from a from a hard week at yeah. Augusta and, and never seen a piece of property. Their caddies came over and walked one day, and uh, I don't think they were up to the challenge as tough as it was. Um, so I think they they asked just to make it better for TV. They asked to move some of the T-markers up, maybe put a little water on the greens to help soften them up and slow them down a little bit. That's probably one of the last ones, isn't it? Because they don't they don't do that anymore.
1: Oh no no no! I remember it growing up, but right, I don't I can't remember the last one. Hell, I remember some of the other ones. They felt like they were in black and white or something. You know what I mean? Like they were old
2: <laughs> old school. Did Ernie do any of the uh, other activities here? The
1: hunting? Yeah
3: yeah. Um, no, he didn't hunt, but uh, they did a lot of horseback riding, um, that sort of stuff. He had the family down, um, you know, kind of relaxed, played a little golf before Augusta, had some friends down, that sort of stuff. Nice. One of the uh, nicest guys. I think you could ever meet. What's he doing?
1: He's fixing to throw a cup of blue stuff into the pond. I don't know. I can't see. That's your boy Abel. Is he feeding fish?
3: fish? No, no. He's probably going after some algae in the pond. Oh, I it's got probably you. Probably copper sulfate.
1: Sorry, we were looking out the window, folks, because the hunt master who helped us sight the crossbow in earlier is out here, and I'm just wondering what the heck he's doing with the ponds. I love it.
2: Do y'all need an assistant here?
1: I've been lobbying since we met, but I think it all goes back to that first introduction. I'm not going to have a chance in hell. Yeah.
3: No. <laughs> so you, you know how. Tim, no, and I, I want to hear this okay. now. It's so going on record. What, all right. I'll be quiet. What year was this? Doug was president. Uh, that would have been 12. Okay. So 2012. Come back to the office, and uh, I have an email can't remember if it was... I have a version of this, too, by the way. Kim or Cindy. It was Kim. It, was okay. Kim. it was Kim. So Kim Cl- I have an email from Kim Clark and look at it. And our uh, executive director and president of the association are going to be in your area. I want to know if you could fit them in for a round of golf. And not maybe it was a long day or, or whatnot, but really kind of struck me the wrong way. And I'm thinking, I know the Carolinas is one of the biggest associations but i feel like we're a small family the next day just so happened uh, i was on the coastal plains board and we had a board meeting and i was still a little bit chapped about this email i got and so we're sitting around a table talking about stuff and i said hey guys i got an email from kim clark that uh, our executive director and and president want to come down and play golf but yet neither one of them could either a draft email themselves or uh, pick up the phone and call me you know we're, we're not that big of association that they can't do that so uh not knowing it, one of the guys on our coastal plains board was on the carolinas board at the time and i think he called tim and gave him the heads up that uh, i wasn't real happy about how the situation went down fast forward a few weeks we had the daniel island meeting and uh i'm sitting there and i knew they were going to be there and uh I had somebody point them out i didn't know what Krieger or Doug Lowe looked like so I said hey these who are these guys showing so I can see, figure out who they are so I look off in the distance and somebody's pointing them out to me and they got somebody over there pointing me out to them <laughs> <laughs> so they come over and, and apologize for the whole situation and, and obviously I didn't let them play golf right then but did invite him back down later on to play golf
2: Timmy, Tim, Tim, Tim so yeah i mean here <laughs> your version what is different What's, what uh, new to the
1: job Third president, president walks in the door, says, if we're going to go to these meetings and travel, we're going to play golf, you need to set it up. Okay, so that's my mindset. He took over November, so it's sometime in December. And I'm standing in the office one day, and Kim just says something about, hey, you know, the guy from Cherokee's over there, da 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 I said, oh, you know him? She's like, well, we've talked. I was like, well, maybe you could just shoot him a note. Doug wants to go play down there. Didn't think anything of it. And this is what has transpired. Um, so so,
2: how did we get to where we are today then?
1: Well, here's the funny part. You remember that day you called me and I jumped right into, well, you put the oven on 200, 250, a little heavy on the salt and pepper. You leave it based for a while. And Alan's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's how I like to prepare my crow. (laughs) (laughs) So we, um, we had a big fat dish of crow that morning when we finally met Charlie in person, kind of explained our side, groveled a lot. Um, but it was a good learning experience for me as well because, I think it's, it's built a bond that will last past. Right, right. I, this, I, I would hope that, that our friendship will transcend the jobs, Yeah. right? Like years down the road, yeah. we'll be hunting and fishing with kids and grandkids type stuff. So um, it, it turned into a, hey, you guys want to come down? And I think it was April of that year. We were supposed to play on a Thursday. We rearranged everything. Doug's coming down. And on Tuesday, we get the phone call hey man um sorry you you can't come um we got some members coming this weekend okay no problem so a couple weeks go by a couple weeks go by and i don't even remember how it ended up but we got to come down and he said you won't have any services you need to bring your own snacks drinks whatever and so doug and i's only question was do we need to bring our own ice because obviously it was liquid courage going strong at that point in 12 um and Charlie actually ended up inviting Doug and I to spend the night at the house instead of getting a hotel. So our first full-day interaction was with Doug and with Charlie and <laughs> myself, and the best part, I think, is the bet on the back nine turned into Doug and I playing for who got the big bed or the twin bed at the house. I uh, hear you. <laughs> um, so we spent the night at the house, had a great day, we went and played uh, Secession the next day, yeah, did
3: we? That's right.
1: Um, got another crow incident at lunch that day, which we won't bring up, but um, yeah, I, I mentioned uh, a certain golf course that he's not a big fan of, so anyhow. who's oh, that Mark have... Mitchell? Um, no. No, we were
3: talking about the best uh, golf courses. In, in the, the local... southeast. <laughs> okay, in the, in the southeast.
1: And I might not have mentioned Cherokee the day after I played that wasn't, it. So.
3: <laughs> that wasn't the point. It wasn't the Cherokee. It... I, we'll just leave
1: it
2: alone. We don't need to
1: bring no, anybody up right and now or r- talk about that. But, yes, the it golf wasn't course Cherokee.
3: course he brought up I'm not a fan of. So I got I you. Well,
2: help me out here if you don't mind because I'm ignorant. When you have a member coming on Thursday, why what are you doing those two days prior just in case they show up early or are you getting stuff ready?
3: No we're getting stuff ready um, the business you know, like I said it's a we, we try to make it a big deal when every member comes in, so uh, we want everything kind of up to their standards up to our standards and uh, some of them come in pretty regular and some of them come in once or twice a year so announced or
2: unannounced.
3: They're all usually announced, and okay. and it depends on the member. Some of them let us know. Some of them are really regimented. They let us know six months out. I swear they plan their life, and uh, <laughs> I mean down to what they're going to eat six months out for lunch and really? dinner here on the plantation. Someone and then, plans that for them. You mean? Yeah, and then some <laughs> of them, you know, week or so out. I typically know a week or so out. Once or twice a year, we'll get a phone call, hey, so-and-so's coming out tomorrow or the next day, and those are the ones that usually kind of throw a wrench in the things for us. So do you have a full golf shop staff here? Yeah, we have a golf pro. Um, he's been here from, from day one, and he's got one guy that works for him that handles all the carts and the vehicles okay. and all of that sort of stuff for us.
1: They don't, they don't really do tournaments.
3: I know,
2: but I didn't know if he yeah. – at Columbia when I worked at Columbia Country Club, it was snowing I had to be there in the shop and just so every Tom, Dick and Harry come in and just shoot the bull for a little bit for no reason. They're not gonna buy anything. You know, I didn't know if you had to hmm. certainly don't have anybody hanging out in the shop getting on the You're not I'm even in allowed there. in the <laughs> shop unless <laughs> the pros in there, by the way. <laughs> it's
1: not a member you of your the You're in your not job. allowed to walk in there. I'm not kidding. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, you want some hats? Meet me out back.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's that bad, but.
1: <laughs> it's pretty close and it's all cash based because you know one thing they don't have on this property? What? With last I heard 74 employees. How many now?
3: Yeah, 74
1: employees. 74 employees. There's not a cash register on this property. No. There's no money exchanged hands when they're here.
3: <clears throat> no, not at all. Yeah, so if no. they
1: walk in the golf shop and want a driver, set of clubs, Just hand it to shirt, them. pants, because if I'm not mistaken, right, the way it works is you pay your initiation. And then at the end of the year, they take whatever it costs to run the place and divide it by that twenty-two.
3: Yes, I guess sort of. Um, Maybe I mean, we, we shouldn't have, get we into ha- all that. We have a budget that uh, that we submit. All the departments submit a budget, and uh, we run off of that budget pretty good. And it is it's, it's basically an assessment, but it, it's not. They don't get to the end of the year and not know what the, the bill is going to be. So. Um, but when they come here, it, it, it it's like their second home. So they, when you're at your second house, you don't pay for golf balls or hunting shells or any of that sort of stuff. We provide huh. it all for them. So all the food and beverage is it's like at your house. You know, you just go to the refrigerator and grab a drink, and you're not charged a dollar fifty for a game. Right, rate, right. So. Nine fifty a game rate, <laughs> probably. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Okay. How
2: many houses are there here for them to stay in?
3: So we have the main plantation house. The original plantation house was burned down when uh, Sherman came through, and they rebuilt uh, the one presently in 1935. It has nine bedrooms in it, and we have uh, five member cottages, and it's first come, first served, so if you wanna stay in a cottage or a main house, you you put your name on the list, and then uh, when you you join, you get a lot. And uh, we are up to, we're about to finish the fifth member house now so when what's
2: the busiest day y'all had member wise you had four guys on property with groups at the same time
3: no we um, we can house uh, I think we have enough beds for 52 people so I mean that's if husband and wives or you're sleeping two people in a bed I think we have 20-something bedrooms that's not counting the member cottages so when I started 15 years ago, we would fill the plantation up Thanksgiving and Master's Week, and that was pretty much it. And now it happens about four times a year, usually like Columbus Day, Easter, Master's Week, Thanksgiving, and then maybe another random long weekend. So it's gone from our members and now, uh, they, you know, their kids get full access to the plantation. So now their kids are my age maybe older so they're let's say 30s to 50s and they have kids so now it's it's kind of transitioning to a lot more of a family club that interesting kids and grandkids are coming down so when it was the member and maybe one or two guests now it's the member and his kids and the grandkids and that sort of stuff where are you going to
1: hide the new pool and water slide that's going to have to go in soon
3: we we built a new pool and and hot tub uh, two summers ago so uh, Where, where's uh, that? It's plantation. the plantation house. Yeah. <laughs> house? That's why I don't know. That's why I don't
1: know. Is it? Do you have two jacuzzis? One with um, hot water and one with cold water? No,
3: just hot water.
1: Have you heard of the cold water ones? You ever heard of those?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I never had. We played golf in Vegas one time, and a buddy of mine's mom was like a casino manager who had a house out there, and we came off of the. Uh, the Revere course and we're just dying of sweat. She said, well, just come on over and get in a jacuzzi. And we all thought she was crazy as can be. And it was a cold water jacuzzi and it was, ah, man, it was perfect at the time. Yeah.
3: Sorry, dear. Alan just knocked himself out on the deer head.
1: Yeah. Uh, the good news is that one's <laughs> dead. And his bone is a little bit stronger than you could
2: imagine <laughs> probably. I didn't impel my
1: head. That's funny, you see that little s-
2: spot right there?
1: Mm-hmm. That was where I was, me and Cannell were trying to pass each other in the hunting lodge up in South Dakota a couple of weeks ago. And there's a ceramic rooster that's been hanging on this wall. And for the last six, seven years, we always say, I wonder who's going to break the rooster. It was me. I walked by, <laughs> he clipped me right in the
2: head, and he <laughs> fell on the ground and shattered. Well, how far are we, how far are we from Augusta? Two hours. Okay, hour I didn't 45 think we were minutes. Close. Two hours. Okay. Like that. So people come here for tournament week?
3: yeah we have uh that's a busy week for us We have uh, a couple of our members come in and uh, it's pretty neat man they they wake up usually play uh, nine holes eighteen holes and they'll go over to Augusta watch a tournament and then come back so uh, probably pretty...
2: watching from Berkman's place too.
3: Possibly. Yeah. Probably taking a helicopter
2: too. Can you get us in there? That's the one place I
1: want no, to get I, into. No,
3: I haven't been in Barton's place okay.
2: yet.
1: <laughs> Did you right. not hear us talk earlier about Augusta? Like, we don't need to bring it up. He's a little frustrated with the tickets.
2: Well, ones. I knew he hadn't played there, but his dad had tickets. I figured, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah, So let's talk about that. Do you want to? Can you? Yeah, can. So I never got to meet him, but I got to go hang out at their ski cottage one time. That's what I call it. Ski cottage. Ski cottage. What do you Lake call house. it? Lake house. <laughs> Sorry, ski cottage sounds like Vail. Yeah, (laughs) we're in the south. We're we're talking about Strom Thurmond, or you guys call it Clark's Hill, Clark's Hill, depending on which side of the border you're from. You know what I'm talking about? That Mm -hmm. lake over there. Mm -hmm. They've got a a lake house there. So we went down um, to stay as family a couple summers ago, and had no idea that our boy here grew up a highly touted amateur. Is that a fair statement?
3: Yeah, fair statement. Water skier. Yeah, okay. So, you
1: guys may remember on Twitter a little while ago, we put that backflip that he did on the uh, wakeboard. That he did? That was wow. him. That clip that I showed when I said, when you get done drilling holes or whatever. And he's, oh, yeah. That was him doing that flip wow. live this summer.
2: Yeah. And he brave.
1: barefooted again this summer. Absolutely. But that video we couldn't put on Twitter because it's painful. <laughs> Kids got a kick out of it. You should hear the audio on that, though. <laughs> <Daddy pants. laughs> but yeah, I've witnessed that, that in person. And so, old man was a pretty good water skier.
3: Yep, he was. He was, uh, we were a little different. He did a lot of the show skiing, you know, the clowns. He flew kites, uh, barefooted, did all that sort of stuff. Got us into it as a family. Uh, had me skiing at 17 months old. And, uh, you can't, yep.
2: you can't walk at 17 months old. Oh, yeah, you, can, you can. Yeah. You can walk at 12,
1: 9
3: okay. to 12. Yep. So I started skiing at 17 months old and uh, competed um, from about eight years up to in, in my 20s. Um, won regionals, had state records. Um, I think uh, 16 and under, I was fifth in the world in slalom skiing. Um, so, yeah, that was what we did. It was a – I look back and – I see all these kids and all of these sports, and I got to give it to my parents the, the travel sports and all. My daughter was in travel soccer and my son, and just traveling every weekend was a killer. And I think back to my parents. We would yeah. travel 12 to 13 weekends right. a summer, you know, leave it three o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday go down to a practice Friday evening ski all day Saturday Sunday get back seven eight o'clock and here he is waking up going to work again the next day right. you know I, I think I could handle that for a weekend or two and then they're like all right we got to do something different and, but he did that for 20 years for you yeah yeah did it it was a it was a great family skiing is a real small community community competing skiing and uh you know you see the same families every weekend and right. it was real good as a family kept us together kept us out a lot of trouble um so it was great
1: it's just amazing to me when you look at um mr spears and mr Connolly, two back guys y'all were in school roughly at the same
3: time yeah chuck yep. Connolly. yeah yeah did you know him in school yeah he was actually uh my ra in the dorm yes mm. what yeah no. <laughs> Well, see that's where i'm
1: going with it right so like Charlie now is a little more svelte than he has been lately. Um, he's working on triathlon coming up in a couple weeks. But um, a couple summers ago, they were, from a side view, very similar. And I laughed because he's a famous water skier, and Chuck was running half marathons in in high school and college. Okay. Yeah, I see the look you're giving me. And that's the perspective I'm trying to share with the world. Is It's amazing how far we've come. And and I think there's something to be said about sitting in your cart all day versus mowing. As a superintendent, you need to get a little more active, guys. You need to get a little, do a little more exercising.
2: So the school you went to, I'm unfamiliar with that one. Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College, that's correct? correct. Yep. And it is in Tifton, Tifton?
1: Georgia. Tifton, yep. Georgia. Where... Tiff and Grass. Tiff Eagle, Tiff. Right, right. All that University okay. of Georgia stuff came from, that area. Gotcha. And they have a really good turf school down there. Gotcha. And Obviously. so who else was down there at your time? Was Wally there too? Wally was Wally there. Wally Gresham.
3: Man. Um, Randy Moody's at the River Club. The guy who wore jeans out here when we played golf. <laughs> That's right. Hope can you're you, listening, Randy. Can you do that? No. no. Okay. Not. No. That's why I <laughs> always joke with Charlie.
1: I played with his one of his buddies one time who, who – on like the seventeenth hole, said, "Hey man, you got a lot of golf shirts." I'm like, yeah, got a whole closet full. He's like, "Next time you throw them away, you just give them to me." And I was like, "So we were playing with this boy in jeans." And so I text Charlie on the way home. I said, "Hell of a day at Cherokee, man! I got hit up for some free shirts playing with a guy with blue jeans."
3: <laughs>
1: Hell of a foursome you brought me down to play with, but uh, can't complain when you get to come play Cherokee, no matter who you play with. I wouldn't think so.
3: Randall Glover was there. Oh. And he's yeah, now at Kiowa yeah, over River and Ocean? And River and Cacique.
1: River and Cacique, okay.
3: Yeah. Uh, my roommate was Lane Singleton over um, he's Reynolds, Reynolds Plantation. Wow. He was president uh, of Georgia
1: two years ago, Charlie. Okay,
3: okay. Yeah. There's a lot of good guys. All-star crew.
1: It's yeah. like the 83 draft coming out of A back that year, you know what <laughs> I mean, with all the quarterbacks and all. Yeah, so these real. are all the guys that we know now right. that have circled through. And I'll tell you, it's cool, the last three years maybe, two years – um They've actually competed in the Carolinas turf Bowl. Oh, awesome! They oh, put really? a team in. Yeah. yeah, they started competing again. So, anyhow, yeah, it's a it's a pretty neat little. I've never
2: been down there. I can't get past Chuck being an RA. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't. <laughs> no, <know and> Chuck,
3: <laughs> it was he was pretty laid back. I was about right. to let's say just, just no
2: beer him. unless you give him some so
3: at right. the door. <laughs> you had
2: to drop a six pack at the door
3: if you were drinking
1: on the weekend.
2: <laughs> Yeah, they beard him in instead of pennying him in. Right. <laughs> they would stack <laughs> cans around his door. Tell me, uh, what's what's one piece of advice you'd give a young and up-and-coming super? Um, or a young man in the, getting into college?
3: Probably, I guess, similar to the, the advice moment. I think uh, my dad gave me. Just keep your head down, be hard-working, dedicated, um, pay attention to details, you know, go above and beyond. Like, we get some guys come through here that – have a college degree in turf and just think they should be the assistant just because they got a degree and, and don't want to get dirty. Don't be afraid to get dirty and and put in your time. You know I was fortunate enough to, to graduate where there was a still a good bit of movement and you could uh, move up pretty quickly in the business and, and now that's slowed so uh, just you know network get your name out there and uh, be hard-working and and be dedicated and be willing to put in your time because the right jobs will eventually come open
1: i will say this on non-golf days when i've been down here this is the cleanest i've ever seen you yeah seriously he still works every day and i will tell you joe i ain't never seen that kid cleaned up until you bring him to conference i mean he's he's knee deep every day yeah i got to imagine he's working out pretty good for you
3: yeah he is joe joe is awesome he's been uh been with me i think eight years now and uh, as dedicated as they come, hardworking, great attention to detail, uh, I'm going to hate the day when, when Joe leaves. Does he have plans? He would, yes, he, he wants to be a superintendent. He uh, wants to stay close to this area, so that's kind of limiting sure. his uh, job opportunities. So, Because um, he's married and, now, right? Yep, married, two kids. Yeah. Uh, he lives... A little further out, lives in Cottageville, about 30 minutes from from here, and makes the drive. And uh, like I said, I got it good with Joe. Did you say Cottageville? College. College. No, Cottage. Oh, he did say Cottageville. Cottageville. Thanks, Alan.
1: I was just laughing because I left Powdersville last night. So two little towns (laughs) here in the state of South Carolina, Cottageville and Powdersville.
3: What was the first car you drove? All right, so the first actual car I drove was like a nineteen eighty station wagon, nice. you know, like the Griswold wood movie. Paneling, wood, wood paneling. Absolutely wood paneling. Yell- I don't even know what color yellow you even call oh, that thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> Old vomit are, yellow yeah, is what I call <laughs> yes. it. So uh, my dad was, was big and we had to pay for half of our first vehicle. So uh, the the station wagon was just leftover family vehicle from all the ski trips. And uh, I think about six months into it, I finally saved up enough money and bought a uh, 83 CJ7 Jeep. Oh, wow, so So you you improved big time. Yes, yeah, moved way up the road. So I drove that all through high school, college. Uh, Could you do repairs on it? Back then, no, I couldn't. I was just curious if you
1: kept it running.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. no, it actually, uh, man, it was a great vehicle. I uh, still wonder now sometimes how I'm still alive after driving it back and forth. or made back running 75, 80 mile an hour down these old country roads and probably wasn't the smartest thing to do in a Jeep. but Right. It's sober, too, of course. Absolutely.
2: What's your next question for him? Do you play Fortnite? No. Do you know what that is? Yes. Oh,
3: yeah. I hear you. I got two kids. I got a uh, 14-year-old daughter and 12-year-old little boy. So, so he's probably on it. Yeah, he's into some Fortnite.
2: Yeah what uh what do they do what was keeping you on the road horseback riding
3: no my daughter loves horseback riding we kind of had to curve that a little bit um, right so she does soccer and tennis didn't and, you buy uh, a horse no absolutely uh, not that's Sorry. probably why they curved it a little yeah. bit I, I think we were going down that road where you were thinking you were going to have to buy a yes. horse yeah so we kind of pushed her in a little different direction um so could she's, you keep it here could i keep it here if you were to buy one possibly i don't know maybe i'd have to do all the upkeep. i'm not trying to get you in trouble with your members I, I no, I just, i'd probably have to do all the upkeep and Oof. all of that which uh Oof. which is part of the reason we, we're shooting the horse idea down. yeah so she does soccer and uh tennis so we're right in the middle of tennis got two games left or matches left um my son's kind of all over the place man he does a basketball he did some wrestling soccer and uh we're starting a little cross-country team so he's doing some running
1: really because so. he's 11 now 12 12, 12. you could run 12. out here for days never, never be seen never <laughs> see anybody
3: That's cool. yeah well
1: you better make sure you got a phone because you're gonna be running from something once you get into the wildlife out here
3: phones don't always work out here uh, so. correct and there's a lot of
1: things that can hurt you I'm looking at the bobcats in this room that i that's the least of my concerns. I'd take a bobcat over this rattlesnake over his right shoulder, the gator over his other shoulder. Yeah. Um that hog that you saw that head that was on this table, did you see the tusks on that thing? No. I, I did not. It there. It's on there. That's just a that ain't even a big one really, but that's a feral hog. Where? Right there in front of the TV.
3: That's a ho- oh, hog skull.
1: Okay. okay. And when we turn it towards you, you can see the tusks. You there's a lot of
2: things to shoot here, yeah, yeah, do you ever get surprised? I mean,
3: the hogs were a big issue. um It's actually a kind of a funny story. We had a different hunt master at the time, and they were coming out on the golf course. We didn't see them hadn't had them and then all of a sudden, I mean, it literally looked like somebody dropped a disc hair down and tilled up thirty yards of rough Wow, so um we started shooting a few of them, and uh, I was telling the hunt master about them and and they kind of laughed it off but Where they were at was behind four green, which backs up to one of the rice fields. And uh, we were trapping them and, and shooting them and the hunt department didn't pay them a whole lot of attention. Well, come that spring when they planted their corn for the duck ponds, the hogs went down and rooted up every bit of the corn down their rows the seed corn so uh then it was war was on right it it affected the hunt department so uh they 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 went to wage in war and we've since uh pushed the hogs back deep into the swamp and they don't affect the golf course much anymore
1: so the little hogs though those are the fun ones armadillos
3: uh yeah 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 they do a lot of had our run in with armadillos not Um, too much anymore no, we've, uh, we've kind of weeded them out a little bit.
1: Who were we playing with that day that wanted to go grab one by the tail? I don't remember. Was that Chuck remember. or Craig or one of them? Probably so. We had a group down here one day, and they were off to the side, and they swore they could catch one. And we were all just like, go ahead, go ahead, grab it. See what happens. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> they bite. <laughs> How I saw one I on Twitter this morning that somebody found in a valve box. A dead one, head down, and it was just its tail oh, wow. sticking up. It said uh. "Dilla down." <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You ever seen one of those dead on the road? They're moving north. They are big time. Did you know that they've got them above me? Really? That's in good. it's in game zone one now. So and it's up like highway eleven. Those two counties, they're finding them dead on the side of the road. Wow! Like I've seen them as far north as Newberry. Man, but not much to our area. But then they're above us somehow, which is. So they're just gonna keep. They're like fire ants, right? Yeah, just gonna keep they Yeah, they keep up.
3: producing too, man. They're 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 similar to hogs. They uh, they keep producing, and we we trap them. Best thing we found a trap out of Texas. It's a wooden box. So we tried baiting them. You can't get them to come to a trap. But if you uh, buy these boxes that are scented, so what you do, you get armadillo and you put it in there and let it roll around for a day or so, and it uh, gets the scent in there, and you can you can really go to working on them that way. So, how do you get the one to put in the box to start with? You can buy the trap scented. Oh, it's Texas, already scented. Or you can you. buy an unscented trap and try to catch the first one.
1: <laughs> You're getting the scented one. We bought a scented one. I
2: was, right. was like, ah, that's, that's really pretty cool. crazy, man. I'd like to see the guy who has to put it in the box the first time. <laughs> I just had some questions pop in my head. Yeah. So, excuse me. How often do you change cups here?
3: Every day. No. Oh, come on. We man. don't. Um, Dependent on play. I was about to say, so, I mean. Are, Earlier when I was talking about our greens are, are small and a lot of undulations, that's well, one of the battles we fight. Um, you know, we're, we're open during the winter where we have Tiff Eagle greens, and uh, so they're not healing real well during the winter, obviously. And with such small undulating greens, we get a lot of cups in the same area. So uh, if there's no member play, then we don't change them right. when they're not here. So you- then when they're in town... Uh, we'll change them every day they're here playing
1: and when you change them it's yeah, i'm assuming it's a pretty good process like you're lining the grain up etc there there you want to make sure lining the, you're tying the edges around so that it heals as best as possible
3: yeah how do you line the grain up Pay attention it, from the direction when you cut it right yeah yeah you got to feel the direction of the grain and then you cut it and then you may when you place it in the old or the yeah the old cup mm-hmm. then you find the grain growing around that. That way you don't mismatch. You right. can imagine if okay. you got
1: a circle that's growing this way around a patch that's growing all else, and that will affect the edges growing back into Oh, I well. understand. I
2: mean, Tiff Eagle, it's where I play plumbly country, country Club, Club. that's how you read the last six inches of putt to cup and see yeah. which way the grain's going to take it. It's my favorite
1: surface, though. You can't get, I don't think, right. in, in the ultras, when you get guys like Charlie that, that are dialed in, I'd put it up against any of the ultras, and and I and I'm not knocking anybody by any right. means. But the one thing that you always hear is the recovery on the cups, especially. Yeah. Um, I mean, these guys are reverse season, right? I mean, they're. It's a Carolina season, I guess you could call it, because it's who the hell wants to be down here in June, July, and August? That's right. Get I'll come carried back here. away by mosquitoes, gnats, sandflies, what uh, sand
2: cranes? What kind of team markers do you have?
3: I'll show them to you. They're pretty cool. We, uh, we actually make them in, in-house. They're uh, Cypress Knees, and uh, we got a really talented guy that works for the equestrian department that hand carves our logo in them. Wow. Um, the flag sticks are different. We make our own flag sticks. We have uh, bamboo it's growing on the plantation, so we cut the bamboo down. We got a base that we mounted in, and then a uh, flag on the top. So. Never seen bamboo sticks. It's yeah, special, we, man. We've been, we've been in a battle with a golf pro over that one for a little while. He wants to get rid of them. He, he actually does them, his guys. Uh, and uh, they wanted to go to the wooden flag sticks. Do they I break? Every, yeah, they do break. Yeah. If it's 25-mile-an-hour uh, winds, we go take them out. Right. They'll get brittle and break, but nobody else has bamboo, so that's what I, we stick with.
2: How many sets of tees are rated on the golf course I mean
3: all normal. of them we have normal um, you know we have the pro then the blue white and okay. ladies tees okay so the the golf course is actually built without ladies tees um, back in 99 and then uh, since then we've added a whole set of ladies tees so. hashtag me too <laughs> that's right wow <laughs> that might need to get cut go down uh, that road that's cool.
2: I've got don't offend them too Alan yeah yeah so uh what did we miss what What's something you'd like to share? We maybe haven't hit on. You got any more fun stories that people need to hear
3: about me? I meant, (laughs) (laughs) oh, we can talk about so, uh, the bet over the um, little bed versus the big bed. Well, I thought you were talking about the three hats. no, 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 so we, uh, you know, barely knew these two guys, so we get on the second hole. So you played with him when yeah. you came? Okay. Yeah. So we get on the second hole. <laughs> he wasn't turning us loose out here. <laughs> Not after that introduction. <laughs> so we get on the second hole, and to the right of the second hole, there's an uh, ancient cemetery. So guys on the plantation have been buried there forever. And uh, I think it was Doug sprayed one right in the cemetery. And I said, hey, it's a local rule. You know, there's actually no um Out of bounds here on Cherokee, but that's a free drop out of the uh, cemetery. So Doug kind of, I guess, took that rule to his own deal. If he lost a ball, he just dropped one right there. And uh, so, well, there is a lost ball rule, but right, there, there's right. no out of bounds. And he just kept playing it like it was that was his rule. So
1: that's funny. That I, I did sleep in the small bed, so I'm going to go back to that and say I think he cheated.
3: Uh, Absolutely, but at that point in time, just knowing these guys, I didn't step in. and That was their bet and their argument.
1: They were rambunctious back then. The good news is, come about the 11th or 12th tee, I don't think any of the three of us could describe what happened on the last six holes that day. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: good times. Huh? Yeah. Very it good was, time. It was a good time. Good the only the question
2: golf. was, do we need to bring our own ice? <laughs> I hear you. So throw something out there for me. What's the best place to eat in Walterboro? or around here maybe not Walterboro. Cracker Barrel.
3: Uh Dukes Barbecue. Yeah, I've been there. Before. Been been to Dukes. You weekend. been to Duke's?
2: Yeah, Chris Miller and I went years ago.
3: Huh. If you like barbecue, Dukes. Um there's a little uh, bar downtown, Main Street Grill. It's a great atmosphere. Um Is that where I always meet you? Probably so. So yep. where you and
2: Hank Holt's court?
3: Yeah, that's it. That's it. Cool. That's kind of my go-to watering hole around here.
2: I asked a young lady back in my junior golf days, she was from Santee, and I always looked for a spot I don't know. And I said, What's your favorite place to eat in Santee? She said, Cracker Barrel. So <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah. That's
1: where
2: it. I met you this morning. That's why I threw that in there. So
1: yeah, yeah. I will tell you, I um personally, Charlie's been good in my life. Um, on and off the course, if you will. Professionally served on board gives back does so much for the community um but i just like the fact that you've you've opened the doors a little bit to some folks within the industry who'd never have a chance you know because this place you could very easily just say i'm not allowed and nobody's here but you know he makes time a couple times a season there'll be a couple groups that get to come down and, and guys around the area will get a chance to come out and experience this because it's just hard to explain yeah it really is it's hard to put into words i mean you can say okay 22 members what 7,000 acre property the golf course is on 120 150 acres of that
3: we oversee 125 acres that's not counting the tall rough that we we don't really do anything with so if you're selling seed come talk to charlie because that's a big one (laughs) um
1: but uh no in all seriousness uh it's a pretty special place and i just you know Set the tone this morning, you know, when you give Alan a chance to go set up, and we're going to be over here at the shooting lodge. And, I don't know. all right, well, let's go shoot the crossbow then, you know. Let's go have some fun and enjoy ourselves
2: getting ready. So, um, thank you for your time.
3: Yeah, yeah, man, I appreciate it. And for it all you do, your down.
2: profession. Thank you for having us, and thank you for Tim for not shamelessly begging him for anything. I don't have to. He's already given it all up. You saw what happened with the first shameless beggar earlier in twelve Right,
1: right. I hope you're listening to this, Doug. It's your fault. Thank you, Charlie.
3: Yeah, thank you.
2: sir.
1: All right, everybody. I think you had a great episode there with um, Mr. Spears down here at Cherokee. Some really good information about a neat property that um, you don't hear the word King's Grant used every day when it comes to land ownership in America. I mean, that takes us back.
2: The only place I've ever heard that really is Myrtle Beach.
1: Yeah, exactly. And some families that still have some places down there. Were the Vereens and Vereen all that down there? Was that part of that?
2: I don't know. I just knew there was a King's Grant golf course. Named. Um. Oh Yeah, that's uh-huh. it never made sense to me why what a king's grant was, to be honest with you. But you, you are familiar with the royal system and no well, kings and queens I mean, yeah, and yeah.
1: princes and monarchs and things of that nature from the Middle Ages. Correct. And you realize America, like we broke off from a king. Yeah. Dumb, yeah. Like England was a yeah, kingdom. I understand. Because it was run by a king. <laughs> I just want to make sure you're clear on that part. Because <laughs> if can. that makes sense to you, then we can say, okay, that king over there that we broke off from, Granted a section of land over here that you and I stood on. Correct. The King's Grant just termed never. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Especially when you look at places. Like, there's one in Fayetteville, too.
2: Honestly, I was only aware of the golf course. That's
1: a a golf course there. In Fayetteville? Yeah. Huh. Used to be. They might have named it at Gates now or something like that. But anyhow, yeah. So, um, you've heard a lot about disclaimers. Um, there's been some crossbow chatter, if I'm not mistaken. I think we talked about that. If not, we'll bring it back up because it was on the Twitter machine. But yep. uh, Alan and Charlie were able to shoot a crossbow for the first time before this episode was, was recorded. Was that his first time? It was his first time as well.
2: Ah, See, I felt like I was the total noob there. No,
1: that's why we were like, take your time.
2: Take a few shots. And the hunt master giving you tips on the aim, the, the scope. Oh, man, that was helpful. Yeah, sounded yeah. like it. Shot a deer that
1: that night, and it ran off, and I never found it. Very helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Rolled over, did a head flip, crashed through the brush. Still don't know where that bolt is. You know, the funny part is you were asking me, like, was it the day before? Hey, how yeah. much does one of those things cost? It can't be cheap. you know. <laughs> no, and then I was like, well, a three-pack of the heads is 40 bucks." <laughs> and then I'm sitting in the stand thinking to myself, I was like, well, there's $13.33. I just shot out the barrel of this yeah. or off the end of this little thing, and I hope I
2: can find it. So what we got coming up for the superintendent world
1: for end next of the year? year. Yeah, I mean, end of the year? I don't know. You've been doing all this stuff. I don't know what's coming up in December hopefully a special edition i'll say that that's what i'm aware of
2: yeah we do have a special edition of pulling weeds coming out looking back at the first year later this month and uh, oh i'm in a different special edition so we'll have at least one if not two and later this month you can check out our carolina's gcsa member profile on youtube and i don't want to give any i will give it away we're doing the ladies here at the office you are yep do they know it yeah, I already interviewed them earlier, of, and then I said, "By the way, you're going to have to tell me all that again on video," and they agreed to it. You're going to have to have one more too, because one's right. not here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Typical. But I think that'll—it's going to give you some history and insight well before Tim's time, and uh, you'll get to know the ladies here at the office. Are they going to share any Tim time stories? I'm sure we can. I'm trying to trying to keep the video short, though.
1: <laughs> Why you got to be so hurtful? I will tell you, it was neat meeting some people at the show this year, and especially hearing their perception on um, what goes on during the show. I like that. There's too much going on during the show. No, I meant our show, our podcast. Oh, okay. People were giving us feedback about you know this, that, and the other, and yeah. I just thought that was cool because they're listening.
2: True, I agree. In fact, that's even though you caught a good bit of grief this morning on the Twitter post from last evening, mm-hmm. people are watching it, so that's a good thing. Yeah, at least we didn't use any M words. I will say... Aaron from Australia, and somebody else who's like a South Carolinian, so they can't differentiate our voices apart, except when we laugh. And I feel like Tim speaks so well, and I am the biggest southern redneck there is, you know. Not that you're like Mr. English over here, but you're much better than I am. Well, to be a little bit more proper,
1: ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce my... (laughs) Let me sit up in my chair, voice. (laughs) Enunciate yeah, the words a little bit longer and let you know that this is not Alan. So
2: meeting back to meeting people at the show. That's My, Alan talking. No. The, yeah. Okay. No, I just wanted them to know uh, I'm going to do this now from now on. Okay. <laughs> you only use your radio. Voice. That's Alan talking. I want to say the difference between the GCI podcast, the greens with envy and ours is they do show prep. Like I was listening to an episode on the way home, Matthew Wharton's episode being one and another one. And, uh, my man was reading notes and quoting articles. What's show prep? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Tim season I, two. Let's do that for season two. We tried that at the very beginning. It worked well. It looked professional on the little video clips. So literally today, we sat down. I had to update this computer. Tim. Let's see, folks. It took three hours and three it did. minutes. It took two hours, literally,
1: to update. No. We were supposed to sit at 11. It's two. It's after two we're recording.
2: You sent the text at 2.03? yeah, yeah. That's three hours. I didn't send, okay, to Chuck, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. So we sit down, and, and literally, nothing is scripted. Other than that, we know we got to talk about a education piece and a, a member benefit. So Tim lets me pick those out, and literally, it's just seat of the pants. So this closing was scripted because he said, what do
1: you want to talk about? And I said, hit record. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's about it. So
1: Okay, so seriously we get that we need to be more professional but I think what I've learned throughout this entire year is that I talk too much so we need to get better at questions and let the guests do a little bit more answering Okay, um, from time to time and uh, I don't know that and we need twice as many followers and we'll give away hats to any turf celebrities so that's what I've learned this year thank you to Simplot for sponsoring again and all of our other conference and show partners who have sponsored the Off Course series and for unnamed person to sponsor the, quote, potentially named Pro Series next year. With two pre-recorded episodes already. And we're going to go down and get our January 1 guest. Should we drop it on him now? Yeah. A Carolinas member who left our state. None other than... Rambi? Rhett? Rhett. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We talked about too many Randy's earlier. Okay, Rhett,
1: t- it's in the notes, Alan. Read the notes. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> Rhett Baker. Rhett Baker. Formerly of Palmetto Golf Club. Okay. You got my that first right. <laughs> my first state amateur I worked was at his facility. He said, Randy <laughs> <laughs> Thank that's y'all for That's not listed. getting cut.
1: That's not getting cut.
2: All right, State Amateur. What happened? Nothing. It was just my first Stalclon Amateur and Randy Rhett was uh, the superintendent at it. So there's a little place in my heart for him. Oh man, that's cool. I'll tell you a story. Sure. Nobody – I mean, I'm not listening, but people are. McHugh and Elmore and, and <laughs> Q. Muscatel. Okay. We're, they were both at Clemson at the time, players, and were playing the state M. Something happened where 15, 15 cup didn't get changed from Thursday to Friday. And nobody said a thing all day. Nobody noticed until Muscatel came in at scoring tent and was like, hey, and just now, you know how things happen? Somebody was jumping around and didn't change that cup. It wasn't wrong on the sheet or anything. It was just.
1: So they three putted it both days
2: and they oh, hated it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just something that always stuck with me. Really? Yeah. You
1: know what always stuck with me about those two? What? They both participated in the Krispy Kreme donut eating challenge at the beach with Joe Quick. That's another story for another time. Just saying, we haven't ended with a funny story. You can just envision Joe Quick, someone almost, I don't know, eight to 10 inches taller than him, roughly the same. How do you say this? politely now after what we've gone through today same roundness um same belt size approximately having a there, there's two dozen hot and ready Krispy Kremes laying there and they're
2: going through a who can eat more contest but that's happened since that happened repeatedly it's an annual thing right I think
1: that might have been I, the
2: year it started well he quit Joe has quit for health reasons I hope so <laughs> Gee, he, he, he chased It's on video one year Stephen Bear got it and I think he did like a dozen donuts of those hot ones in two minutes like, got them down in two minutes? Yeah. when they're hot. They just, you know, There's no way. Yeah. Let's do the... You give um, me $200. I'll do it right now. Two dozen in less than two minutes. $200. No, a dozen. One dozen. Uh, no, no, not two. Uh, one.
1: Uh, uh. Joe did one dozen. You can knock down a dozen hot Krispy Kremes in two minutes. For the right amount of cash, I bet I could. We're doing it on air one time. We're going to record it. I need some milk. I, I think you're going to have to set up the cameras in at least two different angles. You can have as much milk as you want. I'll provide it, uh, chocolate or white or strawberry. I'll say this. You, you ever heard the milk the milk challenge? Or almond, even. I was going to talk to you about the saltine challenge, saltine cracker challenge, if you are going to do uh, that. Can never you, done can, that. You, you know what I'm talking about? I've heard of it. Oh, you can do it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: Let's follow that up right after the donut. Is it like the there. cinnamon challenge?
1: What's the cinnamon challenge?
2: Well, you eat a tablespoon of cinnamon. cinnamon. You never spin seen it? that? No. Oh god! And you can't do it. Apparently, everybody just keeps coughing <laughs> up, and it's like a
1: whole cloud. Oh, you're talking about like the powdered stuff? Yeah. Ooh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Six saltines in a minute. We've totally lost our direction.
1: No, these are show edits. Oh, I can
2: do six saltines in a minute in a heartbeat. <laughs> That's the second one, folks. All right, these are going to be outtake episodes. They're
1: going to be recorded. We're going to do them potentially with upcoming guests. At the end of an episode, I'm going to bring the props. And if we have to heat the donuts up for seven seconds each so they're, so they're hot and
2: ready, there will be a dozen donuts at one. How about three packs of two pack crackers? Well, if we can talk Joe into it, he can do the donuts while I do the sauteing side by side on video. No, 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 no. That would it. be great, but I'd like to see
1: you. I mean, I've still got 200 cash. It says you can't knock down a dozen donuts in two minutes. Now, I would like for you to go home and practice every day no. for the next two months. <laughs> I'm already getting sick thinking about it to be honest oh with you. I have vomited just thinking I'm going to eat three of them watching you
2: and I don't even I can't eat uh, uh, yes I can't set I'll have a donut every now and then thank you Charlie Spears for having us down and I hope we're still coming back down again and thank you Simplot yeah and Charlie
1: thank you for making Alan feel so welcome at conference and show staying up till the wee hours of the evening Um priceless you and him and Kristen and inviting wives to charity before husbands. Man. Snee Fa- Brent was there, too? Yeah. Big Daddy and Spears and you and the wife holding court in the Sheraton M Bar until yeah.
2: past midnight. We'll just leave it at that. That's a good time. That's what, that's what the conference and show was all about. It's the people. Yeah. How many times have we said it, Alan? I've learned that. I've, I've always heard y'all say that. But I truly believe it and know it now. It's the people you've been no. to the show for a number of years now, but you've never been in the show. Right. I dare
1: say. Yeah, I think there's a big difference this year. True. You were not just running around trying to not be seen. You were yeah. involved this year by. Oh, I was definitely
2: trying not to be seen. By choice, now. Yeah. Well, thank y'all for listening, and be on the lookout December fifteenth. Is that going to be Al Wilson? Yeah, for our next off course episode, Al Wilson. We hope. We are praying. Going to do it.
1: Got to start that ending all over, but thank you. Yep. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Thank you for listening to Pullin' Weeds, brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture. Want to become a member of the Carolinas GCSA? Visit carolinasgcsa.org for more information. Or call the office at 800-476-4272. Follow the show on Twitter at Pullin underscore Weeds or on Facebook at Pullin Weeds Podcast.